what happened yesterday in Arizona is a disgrace. I hope that every state in this country learns from that. Yeah, me too. Bet they don't. Well, I don't know they never I do. They don't listen to the broadcast. Right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. That is People Powered Radio. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93FM WLRI in Lancaster. In Hawaii on 88.5FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. Up in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe, streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and of course, Radio Sputnik, five days a week. Glad you're uh, joining us for at least one of those days, if not more. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com, live with you here today in the beautiful, beautiful KPFK studios in Los Angeles. Uh, and glad you could join us. Yes, it was another disgraceful day for democracy in America. Well, actually, not for democracy, but for the administration of our version of democracy here in the U.S. as carried out, once again, in Tuesday's case, by at least one horrible election official. But I want to note that it was also a heroic day for many, many voters. Uh, much more on all of that shortly as well. Uh, Desi Doyen and the Green News Report uh, and, you know, it's going to be one of those days. Coming up later, the GNR will calm me down. And you know what kind of a day it is, Des, uh, when the Green New when I'm looking forward to the Green News Report. Yeah, I know. To calm me down. <laughs> <sighs> Not that, you know. That kind of day. Yeah, it's that kind of day. Uh, that, of course, is uh, Desi Doyen, our producer, my co-host on the Green News Report. We'll have uh, news about uh, the Great Barrier Reef in distress SeaWorld ending its captive orca pro... I, you know, I saw uh, on, uh, I think it was MSNBC and The Crawl, they were talking about that story that SeaWorld is ending its captive orca program. Right. Or its orca breeding, breeding program. program yeah. yeah. It said uh, SeaWorld is ending its okra breeding program. <laughs> well, okra would crawl. be a little bit different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little soggy, but yeah. yeah. Delicious. It's a very watery GNR today. Yes, it yes it is, as a matter of fact, except for in Venezuela, where there's a drought... Uh, and uh, yes, also water related. Yes, okay, you're right. Good point. Uh, and in Flint, but uh, a lot of water today. So we will talk about that ahead. But first, the reported results from the so-called Western Tuesday primaries and caucuses uh, on Tuesday in Arizona, in Utah, in Idaho, and then 
problems as uh, at least as we have been able to make sense of them all to this date, make, uh, to, to this time, uh, making uh, sense of both the results and the problems. Oh, and maybe some of your calls if you got any good ones. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I'll try to open up the, uh, the lines if I can shut up for a minute, but uh, don't count on it. 818-985-5735. All right. So the uh, first, uh, let's just go through the reported results and then we'll get to the problems. And let's start on the Republican side since today uh, that's a bit easier. Uh, in Arizona, Donald Trump crushed Ted Cruz reportedly by 22 points, uh, just crushed him in uh, in Arizona, in Utah, where Republicans were holding a caucus, uh, a caucus where uh, if you got more than 50 percent, you got to take all of the delegates. Uh, Ted Cruz crushed Donald Trump and crushed uh, John Kasich by 52 points, 52 points in Utah for Ted Cruz over second place finisher John Kasich, believe it or not. And uh, and he beat uh, Donald Trump there by 55 points. He So he did get, in fact, uh, the 50 percent winner take all. Uh, overall, however, Donald Trump picked up 18 uh, more delegates net over Ted Cruz on Tuesday. There are still uh, 1,237 needed to win that GOP nomination, and uh, that's where Republicans are trying to derail Donald Trump. Good luck with that. Uh, Trump is now leading Ted Cruz by 274 delegates. Uh, so uh, let's see. Overall, uh, yeah, he leads him by 274. Trump picked up uh, 58 all to himself in Arizona, and Ted Cruz picked up 40 all to himself in Utah. I'm going to get back to that Utah Republican caucus uh, in a little bit here. We talked about it at some length on yesterday's program, uh, but we'll try to get to uh, some some new information about this insane Internet online voting caucus that the Republicans subjected uh, about 50,000 of their voters, too, at least reportedly. We'll get back to that. OK, let's move over to the Democratic side. Results only. We'll get to the problems shortly in Arizona. Uh, Hillary Clinton reportedly decisively beat Bernie Sanders by uh, by more than 17 points, though uh, early on Wednesday morning, Sanders was actually up by a point in uh, in Election Day votes versus early and absentee voters, which uh, reportedly they scan their paper ballots in uh, in Phoenix. So we don't know if they scan them accurately with those computers. But reportedly, uh, Hillary was winning in early and absentee votes, whereas Bernie Sanders was winning in Election Day votes. Now, Clinton reportedly ended up receiving more than 70,000 more votes than Sanders as of uh, as of today, as of last check, with uh, some 400,000 cast. So uh, that's what happened in Arizona as far as the results go. As I said, problems in a moment. Uh, Utah in the caucus there. Bernie Sanders absolutely crushed Hillary Clinton. And this was bigger. Uh, I think this was bigger than. Uh, yeah, this was even bigger than what uh, Ted Cruz did to Trump and Kasich in Utah. In Utah, Sanders crushed Clinton by 58 points. There was record turnout. There was long lines to get into these caucuses, which, remember, are run by the parties, not by actual election officials. 
There was some hope that there would be 50,000 turning out on the uh, Democratic side. It looks like uh, in Utah, of all places, it looks like uh, they have uh, appeared to have blown that away. There are more like 80,000 turned out. Uh, longtime Utah voter and Bradblog.com commentator, I shouldn't say commentator, commenter, uh, Larry Bergen uh, dropped a, a comment uh, early this morning after voting in the uh, Utah caucuses uh, saying they can't say Utah Democrats aren't showing up to vote anymore. Just give us somebody to vote for and get out of the way. Says Larry Bergen at Bradblog.com today. Smartly said, Larry. Uh, up in Idaho, where there was also a caucus, only the Democrats were caucusing in uh, in Idaho on Tuesday night. Sanders also crushed Hillary Clinton. In that case, reportedly by 57 points. 57 points. He beat her. So 58 in Utah, 57 in Idaho. Just uh, quite amazing. Again, record turnout in Idaho as well, particularly in Boise, Idaho, where they are calling uh, their caucus last night in Boise the largest caucus in U.S. history. Apparently there were some 9,000 caucus goers at a single at a single site in Boise, which is a beautiful town, by the way. I have been there. Very nice town. Uh, way to go, uh, caucusers, voters up there in Idaho. Uh, Sanders beat Clinton at some caucuses by a four to one margin. And so, you know, with that kind of turnout in Utah and Idaho, these uh, so-called so-called red states, and I hate calling them that, but uh, these so-called red states, Republican uh, states, states that vote Republican in at least uh, presidential elections and statewide elections, uh, huge numbers of Democrats are, in fact, there. Democrats would be wise to stop ignoring some of those states, I might uh, I might note. Uh, and it underscores Bernie Sanders argument that he's been making that he's the most electable because he can turn out not just Democrats, but also independents and people who don't otherwise vote. If you're looking for some kind of evidence, there it is in Utah and Idaho. In any event, uh, Bernie Sanders ended up picking up Overall, 17 pledged delegates over Hillary Clinton on Tuesday. So he won two of the states. He lost one, all again, reportedly, uh, picked up 17 uh, delegates overall to close his uh, to close Clinton's lead over him. But she is still uh, up by almost exactly 300 pledged delegates at this time. Not talking about the super delegates, but the pledged delegates. So she remains up. He closed the margin a little bit. Uh, right now, the total needed on the Democratic side to win the nomination is 2,140. Hillary Clinton has 1,217. Bernie Sanders has 915 as of now. So he won... Uh, Bernie won two out of three states last night. He picked up 17 delegates uh, on Hillary Clinton. And in the Wall Street Journal, the headline this morning, Bernie Sanders lags Hillary Clinton despite winning two state caucuses. Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders battled to a split decision. It was a split decision. He won two two states. He won more delegates, but it was a split decision, I guess. Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders battled to a split decision in Tuesday's Democratic contests. 
But the former Secretary of State maintained her commanding lead in the chase for delegates by winning the primary in Arizona, the day's biggest prize. Well, I kind of thought the day's biggest prize was winning more delegates than the person you're running against. But OK, that's Wall Street Journal. It's owned by by Rupert Murdoch, Fox News owner and so forth. Um, OK, now let's get on to the problems. And there were a lot of them and uh, most of them. Most of them, uh, at least so far reported, were in Arizona. It was, as I said, another shameful day at American polling places, to be frank. And this was after a week of coverage on uh, on this show, on broadcast, uh, more than a week of ballot shortages in Illinois and where thousands of voters had to be uh, turned away. You've got a a state's attorney that we had on as our guest on the program earlier this week uh, trying to solve that problem by having extended voting, even though the election uh, took place last Tuesday. He got a court to approve it, and now the uh, state attorney general in Illinois is fighting that, so that's on hold for the moment. But this was uh, at least in one county alone, 3,400 voters who weren't able to vote uh, in Illinois. This is after photo ID voter suppression in North Carolina. We've been talking about that for the last several days on this program. Uh, Electronic poll book problems in Florida, just to name a few. Why we can't run elections in this country, I couldn't tell you. But this is what's happening. Uh, And it is not the fault of the voters. It is the fault of the uh, officials who run these elections. So once again, we saw ridiculously, obscenely long lines around the state of Arizona, particularly, specifically in Phoenix, in Maricopa County, which is Phoenix, the largest by far county in uh, in the great state of Arizona, where some voters waited online for three, four and five hours to vote. In the hot Phoenix sun, by the way, at least until it got dark, uh, some of them were still in line until after midnight trying to cast their vote. This after the number of polling places in Phoenix was reduced from 211 back in 2012 to just 60 this year. And it was done by uh, Maricopa County recorder Helen Purcell. She's the one who made this choice to move it from 211 uh, polling places back in 2012 down to only 60 this year. Now, back in 2012, you didn't have two contested primaries going on at the same time. You had a Republican race. Uh, and, and that was it. And Barack Obama was running for reelection. Back in 2008, they had 400 polling places in Maricopa. So we've gone from 400 down to just 60 this year. That's 70 percent fewer polling places than in 2012. I'm sure you have seen I was looking at them all day yesterday. It was driving me nuts. Uh, Photos of long lines around the county wrapping around buildings, uh, city blocks all day, all night. Those photos were remarkable. They were disgraceful, but frankly, also heroic in regard to those folks who were determined to stick it out and vote no matter what. No matter the fact that the uh, corporate mainstream media was out there calling the election, saying that Hillary Clinton was the winner while we had thousands and thousands of voters still in line trying to cast their vote in Phoenix. So to those voters... Uh, The last voter reportedly cast a ballot at uh, about 12.15 a.m. on Wednesday. To those voters, I say thank you. You are my heroes. 
When the polls closed at 7 p.m., there were hundreds in line at many polling locations, thousands in some cases, thousands and thousands across the county. So uh, there was that decision made by uh, the uh, the recorder in Maricopa County, Helen Purcell. Uh, and more on her in a moment. But the other reason this happened was thanks to the Supreme Court and the fact that the Voting Rights Act was gutted back in uh, in 2013. Otherwise, Maricopa would have had to get approval before being allowed to change the number of uh, polling uh, places from 200 down to 60. They would have had to get approval from the federal government because of their history in Phoenix of racial discrimination at the polls. They would have had to get that uh, rule change pre-cleared, and they would have had to demonstrate that the change wouldn't have disproportionately affected certain voters. Now, down in Pima County, which is Tucson, the second largest uh, county in Phoenix, they had 130 polling places open on Tuesday. 130 polling places compared to Maricopa County, which has four times the number of voters, and they only had 60 polling places open. Local broadcast media, uh, to their credit, was actually very good on this. They called it a fiasco. Joe Dana for 12 News uh, noted uh, at at 11 p.m. He he took a photo of uh, a downtown Phoenix voting line with 300 people still in it at 11 p.m. at night. He said it's both inspiring and sad. 12 News actually did a great job uh, covering what was going on. The the national media didn't. The national media was was declaring results, was declaring winners while all of these people were still trying to vote. 12 News actually talked to um, Maricopa County recorder Helen Purcell uh, earlier in the night to try to get an explanation about what happened. Here is uh, here's Helen Purcell's answer midday or, or late evening yesterday. Did you make a mistake with just 60 polling places, 70 percent fewer than four years ago? I see that we have more lines at the polls. Um, I'm encouraged that people are going out to vote. And should we have had more? Maybe so. Maybe or yes, because people are really angry, waiting two hours. And it's not just at a few. It's everywhere. It's been going on all day. So should you have had more? People are energized about this election. I guess I didn't realize that it was going to be that much of a turnout at the polls. Normally, our turnout at the polls is very light because most of our people vote by mail. You did have an indication, though, in the mail-in vote that there was a pretty a lot of interest right away. The mail-in demand was a record in itself, wasn't it? So you knew there was going to be a lot of interest in this election. But that's usually the majority of our vote, is the people that vote by mail. So we don't have as much of a turnout at the polls. A voter tells me he called uh, the county uh, uh, board chairman's office and was told there are fewer polls because it saves taxpayers money. Is that the reason we have fewer polls this year? It is just one of the reasons. We looked at, at many different aspects of why we have put the polling places where we did and why we have the, the number of polling places that we have. We've made a, some significant changes since the last presidential preference election, and I'm sure we will make significant changes at the next one. Here's a significant change we could make. Get the help. Get rid of Maricopa County recorder Helen Purcell. Just get rid of her. She is terrible. She spent the last 24 hours saying this is not my fault. She even blamed the voters. The voters, oh, they should have voted early. Oh, really? Well, had they voted early, as many of them did on the Republican side, they might have voted for a candidate like Marco Rubio, who is no longer even running.
She is terrible. And, you know, I have no problem holding election officials accountable. The guy uh, we talked to, we've been talking about over the past week, Chuck Van Vertlo in Adams County, Illinois, where they ran out of paper ballots. Uh, you know, it was a horrific mistake. It resulted in thousands of people unable to vote. But... He's a new uh, he's a new clerk. He's only been there for a few elections. Uh, I, I spoke with him. He seemed to be really troubled about what happened. This Helen Purcell, nothing of the nothing of the kind. She was taking no responsibility whatsoever. Twelve News uh, also talked to a Mar- Maricopa County supervisor uh, who admitted essentially, uh, that they knew in advance this was a problem. This is Steve Gallardo, a county supervisor who tried to do something about it, or at least says he tried to do something about it. How could this happen? Well, how couldn't they know? Well, they did know. Uh, A month ago, I got the number of mail-in ballots that were sent out by the county recorder's office. A month ago, it was 800,000. It was a record. So there was knowledge of this, and we're going to have somebody here who's going to shed more light on that. It's County Supervisor Steve Gallardo, a former elections worker himself in, in that office. Uh, Supervisor, thanks for joining us. Take us back to a month ago and what the county board did because the county board had to sign off on this. No, no we, we have this discussion. Many of these questions were brought up at this particular meeting. The fact is that we are the fourth largest county in this country. We have over 4 million people in Maricopa County. You cannot have 60 polling places. We didn't have a large uh, voter turnout. We just had fewer polling places. 60 polling places was too many. We saw this coming. We knew. I knew. I had these questions. I knew this coming in, that this was going to be a disaster this this year. Yes, it was a disaster. He was right. Now, late today, just an hour or so ago, after uh, refusing to take responsibility all day and all night yesterday, Uh, When she was asked by reporters, uh, one reporter after another, frankly, local reporters, the mainstream uh, national cable just sort of ignored what was going on. Uh, Finally, Maricopa County recorder Helen Purcell was asked by uh, the county about it, uh, county supervisors again, and she finally said, yes, I take full responsibility for what happened in Arizona's election. Finally, finally, she said that. Now, as I said, she should know better. She has been in office since 1988, this woman. She had the experience to know better, but she didn't. Here's what Bernie Sanders had to say about what happened in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona yesterday. Here's what he had to say today. We got an email uh, last night from a woman uh, in Arizona who was waiting online for five hours to vote. For five hours to vote. Now, whether that... Uh, Whatever the cause of that problem is, people in the United States of America should not have to wait five hours in order to vote. We do not know how many thousands of people who wanted to vote yesterday in Arizona did not vote. We don't know if they wanted to vote for Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, or whatever. We don't know that. But in the United States of America, democracy is the foundation of our way of life. People should not have to wait five hours to vote. Uh, And what happened yesterday in Arizona is a disgrace. I hope that every state in this country learns from that and learns how to uh, put together a proper uh, election where people can come in and vote in a timely manner and go back to work. Good for Bernie Sanders, calling it what it is, a disgrace, calling it what we have been calling it for so long on this program when this same problem, frankly, has happened in state after state after state around the country. 
during this election cycle so far, and yes, during past election cycles, when we have also pointed it out and we've begged and pleaded people to pay attention before it is their candidate uh, who gets screwed uh, by terrible election administration. Now, you'll notice one thing that Bernie, Sa Bernie Sanders said there was that uh, we don't know who those voters were uh, trying to vote for, and that is uh, true. Uh, the fact is that if you are trying to vote for Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or John Kasich, you would have run into those same problems if you tried to vote in Phoenix at the polling place yesterday. Here's what uh, Maria Teresa Kumar, uh, who's the uh, Voto Latino CEO, uh, had to say about these uh, about these long lines that were happening in Arizona yesterday. One of the things that I'm hearing a lot from here on the ground in Arizona, though, is that I think it's going to be a forecast, a preview of what's going to happen during uh, the November election, yeah. is the long lines that are happening here. Yeah. You have Maricopa Recorder's Office basically saying that she consolidated voting places and basically is kind of shrugging her shoulders and saying, well, maybe we'll just switch the polling locations, but not addressing the real issues. And that, at the end of the day, the fact that it's impacting, for the very first time, Republican voters as much as Democratic voters might actually give us a window in to modernizing these election systems. Oh, okay. Now that it's happened to Republicans, and she's right. That was Maria Teresa Kumar uh, talking about this problem uh, briefly on MSNBC on Tuesday night. Uh, she's right. Now that uh, Republicans were affected by this as well, we might see change. That's the only time we see change. For whatever reason, Democrat, you know, these problems in our electoral system don't seem to change until a Republican gets screwed by it. Now, um, the Arizona Republic, uh, just in uh, Phoenix mayor, apparently Phoenix mayor Greg Stanton, I don't know if he's a Republican or Democrat, I'm going to guess he's a Republican, but now he's calling for a DOJ probe as voter anger grows over long waits. He called it a fiasco. Uh, Desi, do you know, is uh, Mayor Stanton a, a Republican or a Democrat there? I, I Actually, suspect I don't know yet. Yeah. I hadn't had a chance to okay. look it up. This literally came over the wire maybe, I don't know, 10, yeah. uh, 15 minutes ago. All right. Although what was interesting is that he says that um, that Phoenix mm -hmm. had one polling place per 108,000 voters, mm -hmm. but a sort of Anglo-dominated district called Fountain Hills had mm -hmm. one precinct for every 22,000 voters. So that's oh, yeah. five times more voters in that one area. Oh, yeah. The, the average uh, d around the state... Uh, what I had it here. Um, most counties had allotted enough polls for two and a half thousand uh, or fewer voters per site. Maricopa, 20,833 voters per polling place. So, you know, Pima County had 130 polling places. Maricopa, with four times as many voters, over a, a million and a quarter people, had just 60 polling places. It's absolutely obscene. We should have seen this coming. We could have seen it coming. Uh, we, you know, holy hell should have been raised again. But you have to raise the holy hell before the elections, not afterwards. Now, there was also a number of uh, reports of voters who had uh, registered as Democrats. They were then showing up at the polling place and being told that they were uh, registered as independent. 
when they showed up at the polls. And because it's a closed primary that uh, Democrats hold in Arizona, those independent voters were not able to vote or they were able to vote on a provisional ballot, which will not be counted because they were not registered as a uh, Democrat, at least according to the database. I think there is more to that story. And that may be Uh, I hope that is part of what the DOJ ends up looking into, because a lot of people did report, in fact, that they they went to vote. And um, when they got there, they were told and they 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 felt confident that they had registered as uh, as a Democrat. So they specifically could vote in the uh, Democratic primary. And they were told, uh, nope, your uh, your register, your registration is either blank or you're registered as a uh, uh, as an independent here again was uh, Helen Purcell, Maricopa County recorder, uh, being asked about that issue on News 12. I want to ask you about a complaint by Democrats saying their voters were told they were registered independent. These are voters who believe they were Democrat. They were believed they were told they were registered independent and so could not vote. You have checked into that. What did you find? We found uh, we got a call from the Democratic attorneys and we found that the people, the names they gave to us were all registered independents. And they just didn't know it? Well, they said they obviously vote Democrat, but that's not the way they are registered. Obviously, obviously, there couldn't be a problem. Nobody was monkeying with those databases. It's the voters' fault. Blame the voters. Always blame the voters. Well, in this case, maybe it was. Maybe we should blame the voters. Maybe there were a lot of uh, young voters, first-time voters, didn't realize that they had to vote, that they had to register as a Democrat to be able to vote in in the uh, Democratic primary in uh Arizona? We'll find out, as I often warn. Uh, Oh, well, that makes sense. Mayor Stanton of Phoenix, a Democrat. There you go. So he's the one uh, calling for a DOJ investigation in Phoenix. I hope the the DOJ does it. Uh, In any in any event, and I got to get to a break here. We're, we're going to come back with more in a bit. But uh, I hope there is an investigation. Uh, I know a lot of people are now calling for one in uh, in Phoenix. That sounds fine. But uh, a pet peeve. This is for Bernie supporters, for Bernie Sanders supporters. You have every right to be concerned about what happened in Phoenix on Tuesday, as do supporters, by the way, of Hillary Clinton, of Donald Trump, of Ted Cruz, of John Kasich, of anybody who tried to vote yesterday. If you have a concern uh, that people weren't allowed to vote, that the results are, are, you know, are not accurate, uh, you have every right to be concerned. But please, specifically for now, for today, I've made this, uh, I've, I've yelled at Republicans about this for years, but please, Bernie Sanders supporters calling for an investigation, you should know better by now. The concern here is not voter fraud. Please stop repeating that there was voter fraud in Arizona. We don't know at this point, frankly, whether there was fraud at all. But if there was, there is certainly no evidence of voter fraud. The voters are doing fine. Please leave them alone. What you guys are worried about, what the Bernie Sanders supporters are worried about and should be worried about, is election fraud by party uh, insiders, election official insiders, or even by the private contractors who program the voting machines and the electronic databases and everything else. But please stop shouting voter fraud unless you'd like to help Republicans to further suppress voters under their false claims of massive voter fraud. 
They're false claims that they are using to keep people from voting by claiming that voters are committing fraud. Right now, we have no evidence of voters committing fraud at all in Phoenix or Arizona or anywhere else, frankly. If you have concerns and you are right to be concerned, it ain't about the voters. It's about the elections, the election insiders, the election officials, the voting machines. Stop screaming about voter fraud unless you have any evidence. All you're actually doing is hurting your own case and hurting other voters. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will come back with more. Maybe your calls. I know a lot of people are lining up to talk to me if I can get to it. 818-985-5735 is our number. I want to tell you about uh, a few more problems in, in Idaho and in Utah. So stay tuned. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with the donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Yes, we are all along the watchtower for your democracy here once again today, following another election day uh, in these United States. Uh, Desi Doyne, you asked me to explain once again very quickly the difference between voter fraud uh, and election fraud. Well, very briefly, voter fraud is a type of of election fraud, obviously. Uh, Republicans are claiming the voters are impersonating other voters at the polling places. There is no actual evidence of that happening. Uh, there is evidence of, of voter fraud via absentee voting, by the way, that where there is voter fraud, it tends to be via absentee voting. Um, but uh, election fraud is uh, insiders, you know, gaming the system in some way, gaming the results, which is child's play, can be done in 30 seconds on the electronic tabulators that we now use uh, that people like Helen Purcell now uh, have access to. Uh, it is making it harder for people to vote, uh, closing down polling places like we saw in Arizona. Uh, if that is done for nefarious reasons, that would be election fraud. So uh, just to draw the, the distinction there. OK, uh, a, f a few more uh, problems I want to get to here in some other states, and then I'll, I'll try to get to a call or two before we get to the Green News Report. Another busy day on the broadcast. Go figure. Um, if you don't get through, by the way, you can tweet me. Uh, I am the Brad blog over on the Twitters, and I'm keeping my eye on that as well. 
Okay. Uh, where are we here? All right, let's move to Idaho for a second. Democratic caucus uh, only in Idaho, where Bernie Sanders absolutely crushed Hillary Clinton by, what, 58 points, just a huge victory. There were incredibly long lines up there as well. That delayed the start of caucuses by more than two hours in some places. Um and thus, the results were not available until very, very late at night on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, bad planning that there were such long lines? Maybe so. But uh, caucuses, as I mentioned earlier, are a different animal than primaries. Caucuses are run by the parties, not by professional election officials uh, like Helen Purcell in Phoenix. And in places like Idaho, where they have, uh, frankly, never seen anything like this kind of support for a Democratic candidate like Bernie Sanders, uh, party officials, they can only best guess it. Uh, and, and so uh, that's why it led to the long lines. So anybody who was able to be there for several hours anyway for the caucuses hopefully was able to get in and take part. But that is what ended up delaying the results reportedly out of Idaho um, hopefully, as I say, everyone who wanted a caucus was able to. Democratic officials in Boise were uh, referring to the big crowds as the Sanders effect. Uh, again, which, you know, in a Republican leading state uh, reflects the case that Bernie Sanders has been making about how he will be able to uh, turn out voters who usually don't turn out independents, young voters, et cetera, in a way that Hillary Clinton cannot that's his argument. And it, at least in Idaho, it does seem to be underscored. In Utah, also very long lines at some caucus sites uh, around the state uh, and uh, record turnout again at some of them. Uh, on both the Republican and the Democratic side, by the way, uh, in those Utah caucuses, there were uh, some concerns that we discussed on yesterday's program. A lot of concerns uh, that we discussed on this program about the insane Internet voting experiment that Utah Republicans decided to carry out yesterday on their voters to use their voters as guinea pigs, some 50,000 of them uh, in, in an actual live election, a live nominating contest in any event in a caucus. We talked about uh, some of the uh, concerns about that, about Internet voting and how the world's computer security experts have begged and pleaded to not use the Internet to carry out actual democratic elections, small d democratic elections. Talked about it in, in some detail on yesterday's program. Uh, the, the single biggest problem with online voting, says Wired, after talking to a bunch of uh, security experts, computer security experts, which I've also been talking to over the past 24 hours about this, um, the fact that people's personal devices are nearly impossible to secure. Avi Rubin of Johns Hopkins said the end points that uh, people are voting on, their phones, their iPhones, their computers, are also susceptible to malware and uh, remote controls. Um, a hoax website could voters could be directed to a hoax website where they think they, where they think they're casting a vote that is never actually processed. And in fact, that's what uh, <laughs> that's what uh, some white hat hackers did. If you go to bradblog.com, you can see that, uh, in fact, uh, the the site to vote if you were a Republican who signed up to vote in this Utah GOP online caucus last night, you were supposed to go to iVotingCenter.us. 
to cast your vote. Now, it would be completely, uh, you know, unverifiable for, for those of us to know if the results were actually correct. It is unverifiable, but that's what they did anyway. So you would go to iVotingCenter.us. However, if you went to iVotingCenter.gop, and we have a picture of both sites on our website, iVotingCenter.us is the real site to vote in this Republican online caucus. Uh, the completely fake site is called iVotingCenter.gop, and they look identical. And the second one was set up by one of the white hat hackers, the uh, computer scientists, frankly, uh, in truth, who broke into the Washington, D.C. Internet voting uh, scheme that was set up back in 2010 and completely took over the system. Well, a... Uh, in this case, what uh, he did, this is Alex Haldeman. We had him on this show to talk about it. But um, the uh, he set up a site that looked identical. Now, if he had, if Alex Haldeman had been a bad guy, you would have gone and voted, cast your vote. And you would have thought you voted in the, uh, the, the, the caucus in this case, the Republican caucus. Uh, but no, uh, he's not a bad guy. So instead, if you try to vote at iVotingCenter.gop, which is totally fake, uh, a big red sign stops, uh, jumps up that says, stop. You almost fell for it. This site is an imposter. The real Utah GOP online voting portal is at iVotingCenter.us. If you fall for a trick like this and vote at a fraudulent site, criminals might steal your vote. Voting online carries serious cybersecurity risks from simple dirty tricks to sophisticated attacks that could change who wins. Ask your voting officials for proof that every vote really counted. So uh, you can uh, you can go see that. It's quite amazing uh, and, and a little bit funny. At uh, Funny because all of the uh, e-voting experts, all of the computer uh, science experts, all beg and plead for them to not do this, and yet they do it anyway. In this case, it's Republicans in Utah. We've had uh, initiatives from Democrats out here in California for Internet voting. The uh, the Wired article on this uh, went, went on to say that of all the risks associated with online voting, perhaps the biggest one is simply the fact that it requires handling uh, handing control over to a single private corporation. In this case, it's a corporation by the name of Smartmatic, which uh, we have I don't have time, but we have reported on great detail on uh, Smartmatic and uh, the Venezuelan company that was once tied to Hugo Chavez. Uh, who who lied about that, uh, those ties here in the U.S. Anyway, uh, it, it, it's an issue uh, that Wired points out. It's an issue, the, this private uh, control by a single private corporation, as we saw in that uh, case last night, uh, that arises uh, not just with online voting, but also with in-person electronic voting machines that are manufactured by a tiny number of vendors. Well, in fact, there were problems um, voting in that online caucus, as I warned that there would be. Uh, both state party offices uh, and the helpline set up by Smartmatic uh, to handle the online voting for the GOP were deluged with calls from uh, Utahns having problems casting their vote on this system. The calls, in fact, overwhelmed their system. 
They received uh, thousands of calls from Utah voters. The bulk of calls were from uh, folks who wanted to register to vote online, not realizing that they missed the uh, party's deadline. But some people uh, had complications completing the online voting process at all. Some confused their registration confirmation numbers with their PIN numbers that they needed uh, to vote in this online caucus. One guy said, I tried eight or nine times without success after filling out who he wanted to vote for to go to the next page. He tried for two or three hours, finally got it through. So, uh, you know, other than that, online voting is a great idea. We should totally do it as soon as possible. Brother, do I have time for a very quick? OK, let me let me try a, a very quick. And you all are going to have to be uh, short in your calls because I was so long in my uh, ranting. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Steve, uh, Steve in uh, Steve in Torrance. Welcome to the broadcast. What's up, Steve? Oh, I'm having trouble hearing. Do I have the wrong uh, button there? Let me try this one. Steve in Torrance. No good. All right. Uh, sorry about that, Steve. Are we having problems getting uh, our call through, G? All right. Let me try to go. Okay. Let's go to uh, let's go to Susan and Redondo. Sorry about that, Steve. Let's try Susan very quickly. Hi. There we um, go. I hey, Susan. Hi. I understand the feeling of passion about this. I actually, as soon as I learned about Bernie running, uh, I was concerned that what happened to Kucinich years ago, them keeping him out of every debate after he won the first one, was going to happen. So I did a petition at moveon.org that mm -hmm. could use lots of signatures. You'll have to write it in. It says the title is Let Democracy Work. Susan, is, your, is, your the, uh, uh, is yours the petition that is uh, claiming voter fraud in Arizona? No, okay, not good, at all. Because I heard says, there was one doing that. All right. Make sure that... Um, Everybody who deserves and qualifies to be on a ballot is allowed without any shenanigans is basically what it says. All right. Well, that's and over at moveon.org. Uh, yeah, thank you for that, Susan. Work. I yeah. capitalize. Uh, democracy is in all caps. I don't know if that makes a difference. Let democracy work. You'll probably have to write in the title. Okay. And uh, perhaps we can call the Carter Center in, like... They do for other. Well, um, yeah, the Carter Center has already said years ago they will not monitor elections in in the U.S. because they have certain standards. Seriously, they have certain standards uh, for uh, elections, for democracy before they will agree to come out and monitor those elections. And the U.S. Uh, voting system does not meet the standards of the Carter Center. Not uh, kidding. Susan, Brad, yeah. one last quick thing. Quick. Um, to, to vote Democratic, mm -hmm. uh, you have to be either in California anyway, you have to be either registered Democrat or decline to state. A lot of people think that they put independent means they can vote for anybody. If that's a party in California. Yeah, that's so the, uh, that's the right wing American yes. Independent Party. Absolutely. Susan, yes. I got, I got to get to a break. Decline to yeah. state. Th yes, either decline to state or Democratic if you want to vote in uh, in that. Thanks for the call, Susan. Uh, and, and, you know, again, uh, Bernie Sanders supporters who, who I saw out there uh, yelling at, at Hillary for stealing the election in Arizona. There is no evidence that Hillary had anything to do with what went on in uh, in Arizona, in Phoenix. I'd love to buster for it if if there was, but there is no such evidence. So please don't undermine your own case. 
uh, by claiming things that for which there is no evidence, by, for calling it voter fraud when the voters are doing fine. Please, please go to bradblog.com. We've been writing about this for, you know, well over a decade now, trying to draw the distinction, trying to help. I, you know, I would be the first one to call out anybody uh, for fraud. Uh, but don't claim fraud when we don't have evidence of fraud specifically. Call for the investigation. Daryl on the 101 freeway uh, uh, called in. He couldn't hold on uh, to ask what happened in Illinois. Was that election fraud? Again, as of now, no evidence of fraud. Big evidence of failure. Uh, by election officials, specifically that one I mentioned in Adams County, uh, Illinois, which is Quincy, Illinois. Um, but, it, you know, go back to our, our last few uh, broadcasts over the past week. I think we've been talking about Illinois every day. All right. If you're still hanging on the line, keep hanging on. I'll try to get to you if possible. But I do have to take a quick break uh, and we got to get to the Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast, and here we are always tell the truth. Welcome back to the broadcast, melting for Desi Doyen uh, momentarily with the Green News Report. A couple of uh, quick tweets that came in. Uh, Sean Osborne writes, a first-time listener, love the show. Hashtag things that might, things might, this might make you mad. And he pointed me to a, a sound clip that I can't listen to. Ah. So I don't even know what I'm going to be mad about. I can't listen to it. I'm on the air. Uh, but thanks. We'll listen later. Yeah. Uh, Greg Schwartz says, uh, come on, the Brad blog. It's hard to believe the DNC machine had nothing to do with the disenfranchisement of who knows how many Arizona voters. OK, Greg, uh, good point. It may be hard to believe that. Uh, and if you think it's true, let's find the evidence for it, because right now you've got a, uh, a what, a 20 year uh, Republican in charge of voting who made the decision in the uh, in Maricopa County, Phoenix. Helen Purcell, the recorder there, who made this choice. Now, did Democrats ask her to do this? Maybe. Let's find out. Find some evidence. But if you're going to go out and start yelling at the DNC machine, uh, you know, how, how do you know it wasn't the Ted Cruz machine, the Republican machine who didn't want people coming out and voting for Donald Trump in that same primary because they were screwed, too? Uh, anyway, maybe they did it. Let's bust them. Let's bust the DNC. I'd be delighted to do that. But until we have evidence yelling and screaming about how Hillary is stealing the election, how the DNC is stealing the election, um, doesn't it doesn't help. help. <laughs> no, it doesn't help. Uh, what does help is your observations, your stories, what happened on Election Day, telling, uh, uh, calling it in to 866-OUR-VOTE so they can record all the problems and we can find the, the patterns, letting your local media know about it, complaining to your registrar, your local Social registrar, media. secretary of state. Make noise. Raise holy hell. But let's not make claims unless we can support them. Uh, speaking of supportable claims, Desi Doyen and uh, your Green News report. Yes. Is it all? It's ready to go. We should probably go because we're okay. running late. Okay. Let's do it. Our latest Green News report. This is about doing the best things, the best thing for our whales, our guests, our employees, 
and SeaWorld. SeaWorld vows to end captive orca breeding program. Uh, I'd be surprised if 50% of the coral recovers. Great Barrier Reef in distress amid worldwide coral bleaching event. Americans' concern about global warming rises to new levels. Drought shuts down Venezuela. Plus, it's not just Flint. Towns across America have a lead contamination problem. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The Flint water thing, uh, not just in Flint. 20% of this country has lead in the water. That's the bad news. On the bright side, it does kind of help explain the Trump thing. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess now that you think about it, this is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, as you mentioned in the opening, the problems with lead in our drinking water are not confined only to Flint, Michigan, and not only to supporters of Donald Trump. (laughs) That is unfortunately true. Many towns across the country have a lead contamination problem in their drinking water. That's according to a new analysis of EPA data by USA Today. Test results over the last four years show nearly 2,000 additional water systems with excessive levels of lead that in total serve about 6 million Americans. 2,000 water systems? Yes, and by law, states oversee enforcement of water standards and the EPA's authority to intervene is pretty much limited. So you're being an apologist for the EPA. I'm being a realist for how the law is written. Oh, you and your realism. The nation of Venezuela is shutting down all but essential services for a week in an emergency move to conserve electricity. Venezuela is heavily dependent on hydroelectric dams for their electricity, but prolonged drought exacerbated by El Nino has severely reduced the water available for generating electricity. Critics also say that the administration of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has failed to maintain electricity infrastructure. SeaWorld has announced it will stop all breeding of killer whales in captivity and that the generation of orcas currently in SeaWorld's care will be the last. According to the president of SeaWorld Park San Diego, John Riley, at a press conference, society's attitude is changing. The world is changing, and in the case of orcas, it is an attitudinal change that we help create. And now we need to change, too. These announcements show that SeaWorld is listening and changing. The public backlash to SeaWorld's captive orca program began with the documentary Blackfish a few years ago. What is now uncertain is how SeaWorld will care for the remaining 28 whales in its possession. Here's marine biologist Naomi Rose. They need to get out of those tanks. I don't think those tanks are good for them. And so I would like to continue a dialogue that explores options such as uh, seaside sanctuaries, coastal sanctuaries for these animals where they'll be in more space and a more natural habitat. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has confirmed NASA data that February 2016 was the hottest February ever recorded and the 10th month in a row to break the monthly global temperature record for that month. Partially goosed by a record intense El Nino, 2016 is now on the path to surpass 2015 as the hottest year ever recorded globally. How long have we been doing this show? About seven years. How long have we been saying exactly what you just said? About seven years. Yeah, okay. 
Well, you might be happy to learn that Americans' concern about man-made global warming is rising again. According to a new Gallup poll, concern has returned to levels last seen in 2008. Well, hang on. That's when we started doing the Green News Report. Well, so maybe it's having an effect. Yes, ever since we started talking about it, interest has gone down. But now it's back up again. Okay. A majority of adults, 64%, now say they are worried about global warming. That's up 10% from last year. And maybe coincidentally, the same number of people say they personally experienced that record warm winter we just had. Don't worry, I don't blame you. The oceans are also warming, and record-breaking temperatures in Australia have triggered a severe coral bleaching event in the Great Barrier Reef, putting officials on high alert. Extended heat causes corals to turn white and die, and reefs around the world are now experiencing the longest recorded bleaching event in history. And it's not just tourism that's affected by coral bleaching, but also the food supply, according to Professor Uwe Hoge-Goldberg of the University of Queensland. Many parts of the world, if we continue on this journey, will become increasingly vulnerable to uh, insecurity in their food supply. Around 300 to 500 million people get their daily food and livelihood from coral reefs alone. Well, if we just keep saying it for another seven years, maybe people will start figuring it out. For much more on that story and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. You can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Yes, me complaining a lot about uh, telling people things over and over and over for years and not people not listening. Go figure. All right. Uh, Yeah, Greg Schwartz on Twitter. Uh, We do need to investigate the independent voters who say they re-registered as Democrats but were turned away in Arizona. we got to investigate that and a lot more, and hopefully we will. Thank you for joining us today. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn. I'm gone for a few days. Nicole Sandler will be in for me. Uh, but don't miss the next thrilling broadcast. Until we meet again, you can drop me email, bradcast at bradblog.com, or on the Twitters at TheBradBlog. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Yeah.